If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. How to use VR and AR and XR in your business, in your artwork, in your school, in your home, and how this will change based on what's going on in the world right now. And we've got speakers from around the world. A groundbreaking first is just about to happen, and you're invited. On Monday, June 1st, the VRAR Association hosts its VRAR Global Summit, and for the first time, they are going to be offering this three-day conference as a completely virtual event with free admission. The VRARA Global Summit Online Conference and Expo is going to be happening across three time zones and will feature more than 200 speakers and a virtual expo with interactive booths. Anne-Marie Enns is a world-class event producer and the executive producer of the VRAR Global Summit. Anne-Marie, before we get to talking about the extremely cool thing you're doing at the VRAR Global Summit Online Conference and Expo, I'd like to know, as a professional event organizer and one who's won awards, how did VR and AR first capture your imagination as an area in which you really wanted to work? Well, it's funny. I actually kind of just fell into it. I was I answered an ad for a contract to produce a VR AR summit. I knew a bit about it. You know, I have a husband that's very into gaming. So <laughs> that was kind of my exposure to it. But the minute that I tried it, I absolutely fell in love. And I fell in love because I saw the potential for it to be used for so many different things. I have a great passion for art and immersive design. I always wanted to be an artist. That was my dream. But my, you know, I went to business school instead <laughs> for events. But I, I love it. And I saw how you could just get into so many different worlds and display things so interestingly. And so I really... I really just fell in love with it when I started planning this event, and it was about four years ago that I got into it, and how it's changed and adapted in that time, I just love it. And I love that I can really bring it into my industry and what I do on a day-to-day basis now, and especially with what's going on in the world, the potential of it for people that are producing events or working in enterprise or artists or educators. I think that it's an amazing, valuable tool. It makes me excited still to see all the progress being made with that. You're giving the opportunity for a lot of people to fall madly in love with VR and AR starting June 1st. What's involved for you with taking an event the size of the VR and AR Global Summit and making it virtual? It's interesting. So the event that we do every fall is about 1,000 to 1,500 people. But this event that we were doing for June 1st originally was our first foray into the European market. And it was supposed to be an intimate 300 person event in a beautiful location in Lisbon, in an art community. And it was stunning and well curated and very interesting program. And all of that is gone. And now it's 10,000 people across three time zones with a ton more speakers (laughs) and a lot more people attending online. And It's a different audience because traditionally we've looked at people that are already in the space or really invested in the space. But what we're finding now are people are like, oh, this is something I actually really need to pay attention to right now. And so the audience is different. And so we 
I scrapped my entire program for Lisbon. And in the last month, we've reinvented it into really timely, content-driven conversations about what's happening in the world and the role of immersive tech. So how to use VR and AR and XR in your business, in your artwork, in your school, in your home, and how this will change based on what's going on in the world right now. And so it's a huge undertaking, (laughs) to say the least. Also, while working at home in a pandemic and homeschooling and doing all of those things that everyone else is doing. But it's it's great. Like, it's great to be reaching a new market. And we've got speakers that are from around the world. So, yes, huge undertaking. It's like doing a year's worth of work in a month. But I know that the content that we're producing is so important and really far-reaching to people that need to know what's going on in this industry now. Let's look at some of the things that people can experience. Suppose somebody is just in that place. They have just found out, okay, I can't sell my product. I can't have my event. I can't travel. But they haven't had much experience with VR, AR, or the mixed reality. How can this be helpful to them? What would you have that they would really like to see for the first time? Well, what's great about the summit that's happening online on June 1st is that It's delivered on a platform that's accessible to everyone. Like we made the conscious decision not to do a VR event because it's more exclusive that way and recognize that people are working from home without access to headsets or maybe great internet connections, depending on where you are in the world and where you're at. So we decided to make the event free to access all of the content. And so it's it's wonderful because you will have people speaking from all aspects and all industries about the role of immersive tech. So it's not a show that's like, what is VR and AR and how can it help you? Like, it's not that sort of show, but it really delves into what's happening in the world, how it can help your industry, and really great case studies and examples of people that either have just started using it or that have been using it for a long time and how it's improved their business. So we have people that are investors that are telling you what to look at and how to invest invest in it properly and how do you know what's your ROI on it and to people that are artists and experimenting with it and putting their art shows up online you know which will have art shows as a part of it we have people talking about okay I'm onboarding sales staff that now can't go to businesses how do you increase your sales online and what do you do so it's really attainable for everyone in any aspect of what they're working on It's not a technical show in terms of you'll feel intimidated of like what's in the headset, how's it made, all of that. But it's really practical, useful, inspiring information about what the show will be. Let's tempt a couple people listening. Sure. We have 100 plus speakers listed here at this program I'm looking at right now. If you had somebody who was coming for the first time to this virtually, what would you tell them not to miss? Oh, not to miss. Oh, there's so much. And there's so many more to get listed. I'm actually just updating that right now. There'll be like about twice as many as that. So, yes. What's really cool about what we're doing is we're curating it in blocks of content. So looking at like education as a block or immersive art as a block or storytelling as a block or medical as a block. So it's really what people are interested in. But some of the really inspiring talks are... We've got people from World Bank that are using and have been using VR and AR to tell stories from around the world 
and really looking at what's happening globally and using VRAR as a medium to do that. They spoke at our last event, and they are absolutely fascinating. There's people like from the wild that are talking about transportation and changes in the world. There's people talking about environmental impacts of it. And then there's beautiful storytelling panels as well. It's hard to pick one or two, but there is so many, for your audience especially, we're doing a block of education content that rivals none, and it's educators from around the world talking about the technology. Um, So we've really broken it into curiosities and topics throughout the schedule, so you can pick it and really get involved and delve into those particular areas. So I think that there's something for everyone, but there's also very much some great world-class speakers that are coming from different studios and different companies that you'll want to see. This is going to be like being at a candy store with one bag. (laughs) There's going to be something we miss. It is, but what's great is that it's, you know, all the talks are recorded, and since the access is free, you can watch it at your leisure and when you're inspired. So that's why we decided to do it for free. And then just an upgraded ticket if you want, you know, the intense networking and the social sides of it. But it's only $99. So it's not. We wanted to make it as accessible as we could for people. That's great for VIP access. Yes. When you talk about networking, how do you do social networking when you're doing this virtually? How's this done? It's done creatively. (laughs) Um, So... The platform that we're using is really cool because there's networking areas where, you know, you and I might just pop up in that room and all of a sudden we're paired and we match up and we start chatting. And so you get to meet people just like you would at a coffee break at an event. And you're either on video or on chat. Um, There's the ability to chat with the people that are in the virtual booths as well. But there's also networking sessions. So we're curating those again in topics. So I'll set up a networking room, say, about, you know, entrepreneurs in this space. And you can go in and meet with other people that are interested in talking about that. So it's kind of like setting up a bunch of mini meetups online that people are a part of. And then we're using social VR platforms for people to jump into. So we're doing, I'm the co-chair of the Women's Committee for the VR ARA. So we're doing women's meetups in alt space VR with the Women in Tech Europe. So we're doing global women meetups online. We've got someone that's designed a beautiful art exhibit that's in Mozilla Hubs that you can go in virtually as well and meet with other people and talk about the art with your avatar. So it's just really interesting the ways that you can do it. So sometimes you'll be an avatar. Sometimes you'll be a video chat. Sometimes you'll just be a text chat. So it's a really different way to engage with people. But we'll see how it goes. (laughs) It sounds like so much fun, too, is the most important thing. It will be. (laughs) Yeah. When you talk about the trends that are coming, what's a trend you see with AR in education and a trend in VR that maybe people listening don't know about yet? And I think it's really interesting. Education is just a huge topic. It always has been in VR and AR. And the thing is, is that as people are, you know, now homeschooling or learning from home, it's amazing that you can layer a whole nother world on top of the world that you're in, whether you're in a condo or a house or out in the forest or what you're doing. So there's a lot of wonderful programs that are coming out. A lot of work is being partnered with great global agencies to look at educational delivery systems to kids. 
because a lot of kids too, when they're younger, you want them to do AR, not necessarily VR. You know, there's safety issues around that. But I know, example for my son, you know, we we use a lot of AR overlays. There's some great companies that do, you know, scavenger hunts where you find all those materials to build something like a science experiment and you're, you know, outside and being active and going to find those elements. And then you bring it together and you build a science experiment and you get to see it and you get to engage with it. You get to interact with it. So I think it's really interesting that a lot of them are concentrating on physical engagement of the students, especially with AR. And then with VR, the ability to, you know, travel to other worlds or experience other things. I have friends whose kids are helping to teach English around the world in a VR app on Altspace every Friday. So it's really what you can do with it is amazing. But the content and the educators are really thinking about it now. And so what's coming out is incredible. Like we use it a lot for our sons to homeschool him. Which VR app is enabling him to teach English around the world? So there is learning English. There's a, I can't remember the name offhand, but it's on Altspace. And it's a class that's offered every week for learning how to speak English properly. And I know some girls that jump into it, they're teenagers, and they help to, you know, kind of coach and do the, the common pronunciation of the words rather than, you know, those formal, learn to speak French like this very formally and properly. It's which I learned as a kid and nobody understood me because it wasn't casual. So, but there's lots of apps. I mean, there's, you know, there's church in VR all over the world on Altspace every weekend as well, which is a really cool, inclusive place. So there's everything. You can do everything online. That is so cool. Yeah. Any teacher listening would never forgive me if I didn't ask you what AR app you're using for that scavenger hunt with your son. Um, there's a company called YumiGo. It's out of Vancouver. They were working on that. They also do art exhibits. And so you can click on the things and it pops up all the information about the artist and the design as well. So they, they curate art shows in different nature places. But there's a whole bunch of AR apps out there for education that kids love. And my son, you know, designs animals and puts them in the house and does all kinds of things. He's all over it. He loves it. And he's, he's eight. So it's fun. Oh, how much fun is that? That is amazing. And a lot more opportunities for people to find out more about these resources when they log on. Where do they log on to get their free ticket for the VRAR Global Summit online? So it is VRARglobalsummit.com. And so there's the agenda will be posted in the next couple of days and access to tickets is available there. And do I have my hours right? I saw 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. EST, but that's 5 a.m. out here. I'm in California. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So it's the event is offered across three time zones. So the event originally was supposed to take place in Europe. So it starts at 10 a.m. Central Europe time, and it goes until approximately midnight Central Europe time, but it covers EST, PST, China, Dubai. We've got programming that takes place in each of the time blocks so that people from all over the globe can participate in this show. So if you're in California, set your clock early is what I'm hearing. You'll, you'll be up at 7, but you won't miss anything because we also are curating the show so that for those of us on Pacific time, because I'm up in Vancouver, that we get to catch a lot of those talks. And a lot of the speakers are doing their talks either twice or at least be available for the Q&A portion of it live. So we've got everybody covered. We're good. We're good. 
That's great. I didn't want to forget to ask you about the workshops you're going to offer. So the workshops are still in development. What we're doing really is working with people to offer more in-depth sessions rather than necessarily workshops. We've got a great workshop schedule planned for our event in the fall, but pulling this event together in a little over a month, (laughs) we've had to change a few things. But that being said, we have a lot of companies that are offering workshops on their platforms. We have a lot of companies that are, especially like with remote collaboration and training, offering, you know, workshops on how to use their products. So there's more hands-on demos and those sorts of things that are happening within the booth and within the space. As we get close to this, and you mentioned putting it together in one month, what are some of your favorite tips and tricks for taking something this massive and putting it online? What works well versus what does not work well? Well, I'm always a firm believer that content is key for anything that you do. So the content is the number one thing and the number one thing that people want to see and the one thing that you can always do well. Also, you know, it's also being realistic and managing people's expectations of what's going to be available at the event. You're never going to take what was happening in real life and put it online. It's just not structured for it, nor do you have to. So being creative, you know, what can you do? I mean, with the networking and the social aspects of it, you know, people want to meet each other and we had to sit and think about how is that going to work and what will people want to do? And also keeping in mind, how do people engage with people online or how do you engage with content online? So no one's going to sit for nine hours and watch the conference straight. So, you know, you need to offer solid breaks, just like you'd have a lunch break or, you know, I need to walk my dog or look after my child. And so you really need to think about the audience and how they're going to engage with what's happening online. But my, my number one thing is always content. You have to have really, really solid content. And this is going to be an exciting one. What has been the very most fun for you so far in planning this? Oh, the best part is that the world has become a much smaller and more engaging place. I, before this call with you, which it's 10.30 my time right now, I've had calls with Amsterdam, Nigeria, London, California. It's made the accessibility to amazing speakers from around the globe so much easier. And people that I've always wanted to speak at our event are now possible to come because it's online and they don't have to worry about travel and schedules and finances. And then you actually just open it up to really interesting voices that might have been, you know, not not looked at before because of geography, but it really opens up the entire world to your event, which is really exciting to me. This is, the world is our community now. It is, and everyone's in the same boat right now with what's going on in the world. So I find that everyone's just way more human, and it's wonderful, and I love it. That's my favorite thing. After we're through the pandemic, and we will get through this, what are some of the aspects of daily life in which you now perceive VR and AR playing a much greater role than they did before? I think that VR and AR are going to become much more commonplace. I don't know about necessarily in homes as a casual thing, per se. It depends on the prices of headsets and the availability. But I do think that with people, I think there will be a lot more remote work and a lot more remote collaboration, and I see it really coming into play there. I do think the role of education that will be increased, definitely, and including it in classrooms and including it in homeschooling programs. But yeah, training, remote collaboration, education, 
and probably even things like travel tourism. I think people will be maybe a bit shy to travel for a while. And I know, you know, we have the World Tourism Organization coming to speak at our event, and we were having a really interesting conversation about traveling from your home and what you can experience, because I think that that will take a while to pick up again, but you don't want to miss out on those things. And then, of course, the immersive art that's coming out is crazy incredible. So I feel like that will be something that people will be able to experience those sorts of shows and stuff from the comfort of their home as well. With all that you're doing for the VR and AR Global Summit, how can people best support you? What can they do? Oh, just come. Enjoy the content. That's all we want. It's just we want people to engage with it, and we want people to really enjoy it and engage with the speakers and go to the exhibits and talk to people and just gain that knowledge. I mean, it's such a beautiful industry. And, you know, if anyone wants to get involved with the show, you know, we are always looking for really interesting concepts that we can share and voices we might not have heard in the past. So, you know, it's the world's your oyster with this sort of thing. And the event in the fall is shaping up to be really creative and wonderful. And so, yeah, we would just invite people to come to this first one and then think about how they can get involved with the industry. You know, we've got with the VRARA, like to become a member, there's so many different committees to join and voices that can be heard. It's a great opportunity to get really involved with a global community. The VRARA.com for anybody who'd like to see it. Time for a shameless plug for that autumn show. What dates? <laughs> To be determined. Originally, we were in person September 17th and 18th, just playing it by ear because of a couple other things we don't want to compete with or step on toes of people that have pushed their shows back. So to be determined. (laughs) This autumn is going to be full of shows if hopefully the curve flattens and people can get back out and travel. Everybody's postponing everything. It is. So we're just waiting to see. There's some things that are important that need to happen, you know, and we're flexible with being online or a hybrid sort of event. So we want to allow those people that had to cancel and redo their shows the ability to do that well, because we have the luxury of going online and a lot of people didn't in various industries. So we need to be respectful of that. And Marie, as we wrap up here, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference from the work you're doing right now with the VR AR Global Summit online, what would you want them to take away from you? Oh, um, I don't know. I think that there is a huge world out there beyond what you might see right in front of you. I have the extreme pleasure and opportunity to talk to people all over the world about what they're working on and how they're making a difference and what they're looking at, especially immersive artists and all of that. And so it's just, I feel like people should do research and engage and look at all of these different opportunities that tech can offer us and really explore what's out there because there's an entire world that I think people don't even know is around. And events are a great way to do that. So I would take advantage of everything that you can see online right now when it's available and free without having to travel. And Marie, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You and I have been listening to Anne-Marie Enns, executive producer of the VRAR Global Summit. The VRAR Global Summit's first ever fully virtual conference and expo happens Monday, June 1st through Wednesday, June 3rd, across three time zones. General admission to the VRAR Global Summit online conference and expo is free. And as Anne-Marie mentioned, if you would like a premium ticket, which allows you to participate in VIP networking sessions and one-on-one video chats, 
those tickets are available for $99 each. But either way, be sure you reserve your ticket. This is going to be popular. You'll find information on how to do so along with the schedule. This is going to be an exciting one at VRARglobalsummit.com. That's VRARglobalsummit.com. Meanwhile, to find out more about the VRAR Association and get updates on future shows and activities, check out their main webpage at thevrara.com. Once again, that is thevrara.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks. M-A-V-E-R-I-X to mavericks.com and you can contact us at to mavericks at gmail.com The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.